There is no victorious Christian life without the word. No matter how much we can attend church meetings, no matter how much we can attend prayer sessions, but if we don't feed ourselves with the word, we cannot stand one in one with the devil. Because there is always a day that you'll face, you'll face him alone, this devil. There's a day. In the book of Psalm 50, verse 15, I'm just introducing to tell us how important the word is. Psalm 50, verse 15, media help us if I quote the scripture, it says, and call unto me in a day of trouble. I will answer you. I will deliver you. I will rescue you. And you shall glorify me. And call unto me in a day of trouble. It means there is a day called a day of trouble one can face in one's life. But our father so caring soul, I will reveal unto you things that we do not know. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor it's important that you and I be filled with the word of God. You see, there's no prosperity or success in life without the word. There is nothing. No matter how much we desire to see miracle. He said to the book of Jeremiah, Joshua, take note, we are in the seminar, I have to teach. In the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse number 8, which we have known these scriptures by heart, it says, let this book of the law never depart from your mouth. It means it should be your slogan. It should be your talk of the day. It should be the thing that you think, you meditate, you proclaim. He said, let this word in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, let this book of the law of God never depart from thy mouth. Study this book of instruction continually, not on a Sunday, study it continually, meditate on it day and night. And the result of it is by obeying everything written in it, only then you will prosper. Only then you will prosper. So if somebody told you you'll prosper by drinking water, it's a lie. Prosperity is in the word of God. Hallelujah. If somebody told you, come and follow me, I'll make you prosperous, it's a lie. Everyone that wants to do a miracle, to perform miracle and exclude the word of God is not of God. Hallelujah. In book of Psalm 107, verse 19 and to 20, he says, In their distress, they cry unto the Lord. And the Lord send what? His word. They say, Oh Lord, help us, they cry. In their trouble, and save them from their distress. Verse 20. He sent out what? His word. And Healed them, snatching them from the door of 
death. So the word of God can deliver you from death. Can I hear an amen? The word of God is the key of everything. Hallelujah. He said, only then, when you meditate upon the word, only then you shall succeed. And Psalm chapter 1, from verse number 1 to 3, the Bible says, blessed and more fortunate is the man. Prosperous is the man. Who does not sit in the midst of scornful people? But who find pleasure and delight in meditating upon the word of God? He's like a tree planted by the riverside. Whatever he does, prospers. If it's a student, he will prosper in studies. If it's in the business, he will prosper. Whatever he does, will prosper. Hallelujah. Because the word of God, not it has power. The word of God is the power that creates. Hallelujah. I said the word of God is a power that creates. Not that it has power. I know we always say the word of God has power. No, the word of God is power. The word of God is power. The Bible says, in the beginning, John chapter 1 from verse number 1. In the beginning, it was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Hallelujah. The word was God. And this word became flesh. And this word became flesh. And those who have accepted him, this word gave them power to become the children of God. Am I to into the children of God tonight? Hallelujah. And this God gave them power. And Paul said to the Roman, this gospel of the cross, it is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us is power. Hallelujah. To us is power. And says, and Jesus is the wisdom of God, and Jesus is power of God. So when you have Jesus, you have the wisdom. When you have Jesus, you have power. Hallelujah. And tonight, as we are going to go through some teaching. On this topic entitled, Called to Build the Church. Amen? No, these are not popular teachings. These are not attractive teachings. Because if it was come for breakthrough, it's something different. Called to build the church. As I say, you get to the times of asking yourself a question, why did God save me? Why am I born again? Why didn't I backslide and die in sin? Why did God preserve me? When you start discovering the purpose of every single thing God has done in your life, you shall live differently. People will not understand you. Amen. In the morning prayer today, I think today I was saying, See, when you are limited only to hear the word of God, you are vulnerable. You must get to the point whereby you begin to see what you are hearing. When you don't see what you are hearing, you shall remain a Christian. 
You know a Christian is the one the unbelievers call, this one is a Muslim. They call you. And God is not impressed with you at all. And the devil knows care of you at all. When you begin to see every single thing that God is saying, you shall live a revolutionary Christian life. Now, why Habakkuk said, I don't go to the prayer climbing my tower just to hear. But I want to see what he says. I want to see what he says. This is what Habakkuk said. See, when God is speaking, you are seeing what God is speaking. That's what we call revelation. Otherwise, a pastor, a preacher will stand before you, reading you some kind of scriptures like a novel, and you go out there, you don't remember anything. Do you know in life, we forget most what we hear, but we don't forget what we have seen. Don't forget what you have seen. Some of you, if you just focus now, you can see your father's house, even if you've been out for 40 years. Hello? Am I talking to somebody? You guys remember the room you slept? As I stand here, I can picture my primary school. The place where I've been more than 40 years ago. I can picture my primary school. I might not remember everything that my teacher told me, but I can remember the school I went to. Why? Because there are things that you've seen it's difficult for you to erase them. When you begin to see yourself in the Bible, I said it and I'll repeat again. Every time you read the Bible, you read the word of God, you don't see yourself in it. It's not talking about you. Stop reading it. Otherwise, you're going to complicate your life with some Greek word, an Hebrew word that will confuse you. And the story they're talking about in the Bukadnezza, you don't picture the Bukadnezza anywhere. It's not related to your story. That's why the Bible becomes a very boring thing to read. Why? Because every time you read, you just see the papers. You just see Nebuchadnezzar. You just see Nebuchadnezzar. Who is this Nebuchadnezzar? He makes a statement. What is it? Until you begin to see what God is saying unto you. Then your life change. Somebody say hallelujah. You see, this book of the Bible, the book itself, this book, a paper, this book can disappear. But you must swallow it inside of you. Remember, Eli, when the devil tempts you, you're not going to say, wait a minute. Let me go and look for my Bible. That's why I see some people, when they've been attacked by evil spirit, they open the Bible. I cast you the name. No, 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 no. Quote the scripture. Speak the word. The devil is not scared because you open the Bible. That's why some of you, you are doing ritual. I don't know what kind of practice. You open the Bible, put on your head. You say, today, they won't come. They're still coming. They're not scared of the word on your head. They are scared of the word inside of you. Every time we say, greater is he that's inside of me. You know what to say? The word. It's not a slogan. You must have the word inside of you. Greater is the one inside of me than the one in the world. The last time you read the Bible is two weeks ago. To so who is greater inside? Empty. Tell your neighbor, did you hear that? Hallelujah. Called to build the church. Now, 
In Matthew chapter 16, you have to count yourself, even myself, very privileged to be called to build a church. Because the church is the most precious thing that Jesus died for. Hallelujah. He's coming back. Don't say amen for that. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back, not for a picnic, he's coming back to take the church. And we say the church is what? Is the bride? Huh? Bride of, of Jesus, bride of Christ. In other words, when we talk about the bride, in other words, we just say what? The church is the wife of Jesus. And every man will stand for his wife. Fight. That's why Jesus will stand for the church. Hallelujah. Matthew 16, verse number 16. Can we get an amplified? Matthew 16, 16 to 19. That's our first night. Matthew 16. Verse 16 to 19. The Bible says, Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, the Son of the Living God. 17. Then Jesus answered him, Blessed. Happy, spiritually secure, favored by God are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Because flesh and blood, mortal man did not reveal this to you. But my father who is in heaven. Mm, so to know Jesus, you need the revelation. Hello? I say you need revelation. No, you see, there are Jesus of the cartoon that they are lying to us. That's not the Jesus I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Jesus that appeared to Paul on the road of Damascus. I want to meet that Jesus. I said, I think you don't need to argue with pastors or whatever they preach. You just know God is speaking. He said, my father who is in heaven. Continue. And I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Underline that. I will build what? My church. As I say, you and me, we are so privileged because Jesus is a man builder. He's a man builder. He's the architect. He designed it in executing it. But to his great love, and he come down and he associate you and me to become part of the builders. What a favor. What a favor. And sometimes we take it for granted. You know, God says, if I, God, I was hungry, I would not have told you. But that means God does not need any man to help him. He can do everything by himself. He said, even when you are tired of praising and worshiping me, I don't care. Even the stone, they can rise up. And they can play music, they can dance, they can sing for me. I'm fine with that. Hallelujah. He said, I will build my church. And the gate of Hades, of death, 
will not overpower it by preventing the resurrection of the Christ. And verse 19. I will give you the keys, authority of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you lose, permit, declare lawful on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will build my church. Now one can say, but if Jesus be in the church, how am I going to be called to build the church? As we go, I will show you that you and me, we are called to be part of the building. Why? Because Jesus said, those who believe in me, they will do the work that I'm doing. Even greater work they shall do. So if Jesus was building the church, you and me, we will do the building of the church. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 1. Bear with me, we will we'll have a lot of scriptures. Take note, please. It's important that you go home and you start bringing them together. The Bible says, working together with him, we strongly urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Working together with him, we strongly urge you not to receive God's grace in vain by turning away from sound doctrine and his merciful kindness. Working together with him, that him is God. Hallelujah. So you are working together with God. And it's very important that I would like to underline this. is one different thing in these two statements. Working for God and working with God. One can work for God and not God with him. And that's very dangerous. Working together with him. Let us not take the grace that have been given to us for granted. The favor, the privilege that the Lord has given to us. Today you are called a child of God. Today you are called a minister of God. Today you are called a servant of God. You don't take that for granted. Because it is by God's grace. And nobody in this world is irreplaceable by God. Nobody. Just from the first king, Saul, he was replaced and God put David. So God can replace anybody anywhere. Jesus is the church builder. Jesus is the main builder. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. According to the book of Matthew 21, verse 42 to 44, he is the chief cornerstone. So you cannot build without him. So he's actually the, how can I say, if you talk about construction, Jesus is the general manager or the general foreman. He's the one who makes sure that you do this, do this, do this. Is the one who got the master plan. Who understand what is needed for the finished work. For him to come back. Hallelujah. You see, the, as the church 
as the believers, we don't understand how we, at this moment, it is urgent for us to be the church. Actually, we are working against God's plan. Because that is delaying is soon coming back. And as we delay his soon coming back, the devil continues to do a lot of evil. A lot of evil. People of God, there's no more time for us to be passive. We have to be active and act swiftly. There's no time. I like your silence. You see, the devil understands that there's no time. The devil does not, the devil does not drag his feet. No. He's swift. He knows that his time is very limited. So whatever he finds to do, he does it with all his strength because he knows that tomorrow might not be there. Because even his end day, he will be surprised himself because himself does not know. Jesus said, you will do what I do. John chapter 14. Verse number 12. Can you put that on the screen? New Living Translation. John 14, verse number 2. 14, 12, sorry, not 2, 12. Can you go to verse 12? I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me, what will do? Will do the same works I have done. Hallelujah. He will do the same work I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. And the work he has done is come to build the church. And that's why you can see when Jesus began his ministry, going around, he would call people. He said, you come and follow me. I will make you a fisher of men. Follow me, I will make you a fisher of men. Follow me, I will make you a fisher of men. He will tell them, as I call you out of darkness, there is a work to be done. Hallelujah. But some of us, we think that we've been saved to go to heaven. That was not the main purpose. If that was the reason, you could just be saved, shoop, be saved, you go. You save you, you go. Why did God save you and yet keep you in the such a world full of evil and keep on preserving you. If you check, maybe if you can recall people for of whom you have accepted Jesus Christ at the same time, some of them they're no longer there. Some of them they abandon faith. Those who believe in me, says the Lord, will do the same works. Now ask yourself, what are the works that he did? They will do the same works I have done and even greater works. Hallelujah. You know, the Pentecostal believers, when they read the scriptures, they only see miracle. Healing of the sick. That, that order they see. But the greater work that Jesus was doing is the work of taking people first out of darkness and plucking them in the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. 
He said, those who believe in me, they shall do the greater works. And Jesus came for that great assignment to make sure that people are pulled out of darkness to the light. The day he was walking through around Jericho, the Bible says, and then he went, the crowd was following him. And he got to the place whereby this short man, the tax collector, Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeus, heard that Jesus is passing, the men ran and outran all the crowd and climbed the tree. And uh, he, was, he was just looking like this. I think Zacchaeus was ashamed of his sins because that man was a terrible crook, you know. He was working for the tax, the tax collectors. And, you know, he can go there and get tax and not getting into SARS and put in his pocket. The man was doing all kinds of these things. He crooked people, consciously aware that I'm a crook. You know, we preach, say, Zacchaeus was running to go in the tree because he was short. That's not the only reason. The other reason, he knew how wicked he was. You know, when someone is wicked, he's even ashamed to enter church. Because people from the church, they'll say, ah, even you, you have come. So Zacchaeus feel things like that. He said, no, let me just go in the leaves. Let me hide myself. You can just see this guy. Hallelujah. Zacchaeus climbed the tree. Don't preach this, but I believe this man fell a couple of times before he get there. Because the man was rich. I never read the place that this man used to go to the gym. and He never climbed trees. He got money. And the day he tried to climb the tree, maybe he fall. He got wound. And he was hiding there. People should not see me. But Jesus knew that this guy is there in the leaves. Jesus stopped. Just imagine. He stopped the whole journey. For somebody who is hiding. And he called him by name. Zacchaeus, come down. Jesus was criticized. That thing, terrible. Even people around him, they say, look at this guy. How can, how can he go to the house of a, a, a repeated sinner? This is a crook man. Jesus went. Jesus said, this, for this reason, the son of man has come to look that which was lost. He came to look that which was lost. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Those who believe they shall do the works that I have done. Praise the Lord. They shall do the work that I have done. Now, from the many scriptures that we have... Uh, listed and one of them is Ephesians chapter 4 which I want to go through quickly to establish in our mind as we're going to go home tonight to understand that there is a call and this call is not a title are you with me? there is a call which is not a title I see people they are fighting for title position in the church some of them even killing each other, each, each, uh, each one uh, one another. Same thing we see in the political party, they've entered church as well. They kill one another because of the position. Some they even go to court. <laughs> They're fighting for the church of God. The church is not yours. It's the church of Jesus. Hallelujah. How can you fall for something that you never died for? Ephesians chapter 4. 
This is Apostle Paul speaking. Now, when you, when you study, I only encourage you, there are two apostles life can change your life. One of them is Paul, other one is Peter. That you must be like Peter. I know people, they say, Peter, I give a lot of Jesus. But the man, you know, the following, the, the following of Jesus, I mean, Peter following of Jesus is just something else. Because the guy in that time, he had no issue, of, he had no financial problem. Hello? Peter had no financial problem. Peter, he was a fisherman by profession. And as a fisherman by that time, you know, fishing and selling fish. Today, there is a place whereby they, they, the Israelites, they are taking people advantage, you know, especially as a Christian, when you go, we believe everything they tell you. When we think that everything in Israel is holy. It's not. There are some crooks there. The one, one restaurant called Peter's Restaurant. It's by the river. Christians are going, they say, this way Peter was fishing. You know, this is the tour guide, they can tell you stories. This way you to fish, and this is the restaurant of Peter. And you buy one fish for $30. Oh, God. Now, Peter let, abandoned these things. And he followed Jesus. Actually, he paid the price. One day, he just followed Jesus. Jesus, no, let's talk first. No, Peter, by age, was old. He said, Jesus, come, let's talk. Tell me. You know where you found me? You know what found me? I, I, was, I was fine. Now, since I begin to follow you, I know some people say, no, you know, since I've become a Christian, my life became complicated. You're not the first one. I used to have a good life. Peter was having good life in terms of material things. He left them. He followed Jesus. And when he followed Jesus, things were not easier like the way before. When they said, Jesus, wait a minute. That's why Peter, when just said, no, I come to die, Peter said, you cannot die. How can you die? I close my company. I follow you. You can't die. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you know, when you have left something for Jesus, you cannot let you just go anymore. Peter said, now business I've lost. Now to lose you again. No. I lost my business because of you cannot die. And he said, now you tell me, since I follow you, and you know I left everything, they took business, because I'm business-minded. There's no action without profit. What am I going to get? Jesus looked at him and said, this guy. Jesus said, there is no one who left anything for me and will not get it here, even the life to come. Hallelujah. Even the life to come. You cannot leave anything for Jesus and not Jesus remember you. You cannot serve for the kingdom of God and heaven forget your address. And heaven forget your name. Hallelujah. Now, Paul speaking in the book of Ephesians says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. This man was an apostle. But what I love with Paul, he has a sense of humility 
that could not even introduce himself too much about, you know, my title, I'm a bishop now, don't call me brother, I'm a pastor, you call me brother, you know, I'm a, no, Paul would say, I am the prisoner. Another way, I am a slave of Jesus. A prisoner has no will. I've been chained for this Jesus. And he said, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Hallelujah. For you have been called by who? By God. You have been called by God. And this calling we are talking about, called to build a church, is not a pastoral call. You have been called by God. So you need to walk in the manner of your calling. The society will call you engineer. But there is a manner that God is calling you. There's one movie I've seen some years ago. I used to have it in a computer, but I can't find it. And uh, they were just showing people when they go to the throne of God in the last days and God begin to page and showing them the thing that uh, God has been expecting them to do which they did not do. Wow. If I can recall the name, I think it was called Afabel, something like that. I don't know if someone recalls something like that. But I'll go on the internet and search, maybe I'll find it. Or I'll call the person who once gave me, if you can still have them. And they call Eli. You appear there. And God begin to page. This chapter you did not do. Oh God, remember we're doing this? Yes, I saw what you were doing. But this one. <laughs> you see, the struggle of human beings is when we don't know the will of God. That's the biggest struggle. It's not about the demon, no. When you don't know the will of God, it's the biggest struggle. You try to do things which are not bad. But sometimes you are missing the key thing that God is waiting for you. Hallelujah. I don't say, don't go out of this seminar get called. I don't say you are called to be a pastor. No. But what I'm saying, there is a call upon everybody. There is a call. Some of the disciples who follow Jesus some days abandon what they've been doing. Some they continue to do what they've been doing. They will see disciples. Hallelujah. I remember many years, even when we accepted Jesus, there was that, that uh, zeal, like a fire. You just feel, no, let me abandon school. I'm called, I'm called to go and preach. I'm going to, you know, and if you don't get guidance, you end up into things which God did not expect you. There are people who, who, who stop schooling. They say, no, 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 no. I, I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a pastor. 
everybody can preach. Hello? Everybody can teach. But not everybody is a teacher. Not everybody is a preacher. Even Saul prophesied, but was not a prophet. I see you go there, but you have time maybe to touch a bit of a fivefold ministry and understand certain differences in these offices of God because it's very important. He said, I am prisoner of Christ for saving the Lord. And he's telling the Ephesians, walk in the manner worthy of your calling because you have been called by God. This call to build a church is not a human being call. It is call that comes from God. Until one begins to see it, you cannot leave it. You cannot do it. He said, you have been called by God. Verse number two. Let's, let's speed up. Time is well really going. Verse number two, he says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's fault because of your love. Verse number three. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Verse five. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. How many fathers? One. How many God? One. How many spirits? One. Hallelujah. And verse number seven says, however, he has given each one of us, what? Talk to me, what? A special gift through the generosity of Christ. Who has a special gift here? Each one, if they don't have, then say God is lying. Each one has received a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Hallelujah. Because he says, this call, you have been called by God. And as part of the building of the church of God, we have multiple different gifts. And all these gifts are needed to build. When you talk about building a house, in building a house, I remember when they were building Valmore, you'll hear this contractor, they say, we are specialized in tiling. Our job, we are coming to do what? To do the floor. This one, they'll say, we are electrician. We don't know anything about tiling. We know how to play with this power. And it's going to say, we are painters. I don't know anything about electricity. My job is to paint. So they all had one purpose. To do what? Finishing Valmore. 
When you see Valmol standing today, you know it's not a work of one person or one skill. It is a work of different skills, different talent, different special gifts that have been put together to finish Valmol. Some they say, me, I am just there to come and do the roof. Some they say, we are just specialists in do ceiling. Some they say, we are, coming, we are interior deco. So we are coming to finish up. We decide what kind of picture can we put here. When people, they walk in the Valmore, they feel not to go home early. They spend all their day. You know, there are people who go to school to make sure that when you go to Valmore, you spend time. And the more you spend time, your wallet is opening every time. People study for that. They know. You know, when I was young, I used to think that the people doing advert, they just doing it like that. No, they go to school. When they want to do advert, they know that this one, even the drivers, when they drive, they look like this. They look like, they know. You look three, four times until that thing remains in you. Begin to picture it. So we have received special gift. Verse number eight. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to where? To the height, he led crowds of captives and gave gift to his people. Verse 9. Notice that it is, it says, he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. 10. And the same one who ascended is the one who descended. Sorry. The same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens. So that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, get a, get, let's wait a minute there. He ascended above all the heavens. He can fill the entire universe with himself. So as he ascended up, he gave men gift so that men can spread and fill the universe. And men will fill the universe by representing him who is above all the heavens. Now the man, he ascended and gave to everyone special gift and the men re recruited and gave gift to men so that men can spread and fill the whole universe, not with men, but with him who is in them. Hallelujah. Verse number 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Wow. Number one, the apostles. Number two, the prophet. Number three, the evangelist. Number four, the pastors. And number five, the teachers. And this is where we talk about the five-fold ministries. Now, there is a reason, there is a purpose why God had to take the five offices and give to a church. And the Bible is explaining clearly. Verse number 12, it says, 12. Their responsibility is to do what? To equip God's people to do 
his work, not their work. Hallelujah. The responsibility of the apostles, of the evangelist, of the prophet, of the pastors, and of the teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do God's work. And do what? Build the church. And what is the church? The body of Christ. Hallelujah. So on top of us telling you, you shall buy a car. You shall be this and this. We need to tell you our responsibility is to equip you for you to do the work of God and to build his church. Hallelujah. I think preachers, pastors, apostles, and all those who are teaching the church of Jesus Christ, there's high time for us to begin to repent because we have twisted the priority of our responsibility. We told people, no, you are not called to build a church. You come here, I'll make you millionaire. Listen, people of God, whatever God gives to you, it is a means for the fulfillment of your calling. There are means for the fulfillment of your calling. Whatever it is. Even when God bless you to buy a dress, just say, this dress is a means for me to do the work of God. Hallelujah. He said their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. Now, when we told God people the word of God is not important, how are we going to equip them with what? We told them it's easy. Go to church without Bible. Don't take note. You are a computer. Just go that you'll memorize. It's not important. The pastor will read for you. You know, in your church, you've got screen, big screen. They will read for you. Zoop, it comes, it goes. You don't need it anymore. Don't tell people how important the word is. How can we equip people without the word? You see, when you, if you know the Muslim and you are familiar or close to talk to them and ask them certain questions, I think it's important. They are not your enemies, all right? They're not your enemies. When you see them, I say, no, no, they're not your enemies. In fact, they are your cousin. Do you know that? They are also descendants of Abraham. But out of covenant. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> they're not part of the covenant. They're out. But one thing that we can learn from them is that when they are, they are children, they are growing up, they don't tell them a lot of things. They tell them, you are a Muslim. You shall live as a Muslim. You shall die as a Muslim. You don't find the Muslim backsliding from their faith that easily, like the Christian. Hello? I see you are very serious now. I said, you don't find the Muslim compromising easily like us. 
That's where the water goes. We say, here, yeah, ah, we need to adjust. You must understand. You know, this is the life. Eh? Eh? No. This is new technology. Nah, these pastors are talking. They are old. We are in a new generation. See, the word of God never be outdated. I never see my Bible tells me upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. The Bible, no. Only these electronic things here. The word of God upgrades. No. Hello? This is no longer applicable to us because we are in 2024. Jesus have mercy. The word of God does not change. I said the word of God does not change. You can change the place. Even change the continent. Even change the church. You cannot change the doctrine. I mean, you cannot change the message. You cannot change. What he says is what it remains. However, God said, now, because we are now in 2024, I withdraw this. Now you can do this one. I dilute here. I make it for you to feel good, comfortable. No, God not that business. He even put his word above himself. That whenever he says something, he's bound to do it. Hallelujah. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build the church, the body of Christ. Hallelujah. The body of Christ. And that is very important. To build the church, the body of Christ. Now, when we go to the book of, uh, let me read this one, then I think we'll be stopping for our introduction for tonight, and tomorrow we'll cruise a bit higher than tonight. Are you getting something? So as you go tonight, you might just remember one thing. You forget a lot of things I've been speaking here. You might remember one thing. I have a calling. And my calling is to do the work of God, which is to build his church. Tomorrow we'll show you how can one build a church. Amen. Because you and me, we are called to build the church. See, that's not help us to go around and introduce ourselves a lot of title. You know, they are good. I don't say it's wrong. They are good. I know some people get offended if they got a position and title. Don't call them by that title. They feel like they miss heaven. You don't miss heaven. Jesus was just called Jesus. Some even they name him, they say this one, the son of a carpenter. You know, today they call you that you're a son of a carpenter. You feel offended. But Jesus was called all kind of these names, but not moved him at all. He who made people apostle, he had no title. <laughs> hey, God have mercy. Hallelujah. Uh, let's go in the book of Corinthians. I think it should be Corinthians. weather today. Uh, First Corinthians chapter 3. Dear brothers and sisters, 
When I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infant in Christ. The same version? Yes. Infant in Christ. Oh, mine is different. Okay, in the Christian life. Okay, continue verse number two. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of, this, of the world? Hey, Paul was rebuking them. When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul. Hmm. And another says, I follow Apollos. Aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? Paul is, say, is telling them, who is Paul? <laughs> Some could say, but it's you. And what Paul was showing to them, he was telling them how himself, Paul, was so less important. He said, who is Apollos and who is Paul? We are only God's servant through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. Hallelujah. Somebody said, God help me to do the work that you gave me. Each one did the work that was given to, to him. Then he says, six, I planted a seed in your heart and Apollos watered it. But it was good, God who made it grow. Verse 7. It is not important who does the planting. Or who does the watering. What is important is that God makes the seed grow. Uh -huh. Verse 8. The one who plants. And the one who waters work together with the same purpose. Somebody say, I have to work with anyone with the same purpose. This is Apostle Paul saying, you know, if you have to compare them in terms of achievement in the things of God, Paul is far from Apollos. You can't even match them. The thing that Paul did the missionary trip of Paul did, he went from places to places. He went to the Philippians. He preached the gospel, established church. He left the Philippines. He went to the uh, Corinthians. Every book you read there, Corinthians, Philippians, Gal Galatians, are people. They are people. It's like someone says, the South African. 
the Congolese. You go all those places. You teach them. You call them the Galatians. Now, when Paul, after he preached, established the churches all over all those places, he began to write letters to them. You guys, remember when I was with you. I'll come and see you. I'll come and see you. I hear now. You don't behave the way I told you. And he told them, the Corinthians, I hear this kind of things. I can't even talk to you like mature people. You are like people of this world. I hear people are saying, me, I'm a followers of Apollos. Me, I'm a followers of Paul. Who is Apollos? Tell me. And who is Paul? Are we not just simple servants of God who planted the message from which you have believed God? I planted and Paul has, and, and Apollos, sorry, Apollos has watered. It's not Apollos or Paul that's important, but God makes it to grow because God can see shut it. Then he says, I want to drive you somewhere and then I will stop. Then he says, we, the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Wow, verse number nine. For we are both God's workers. Hallelujah. We are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. Wow. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. I was talking to you about building Valmore. She said, everybody has his special gifts. And Paul said, me, I'm an expert in laying foundation. That is me. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. Why? Verse number 11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have. What is that foundation? Jesus Christ. Somebody say, Jesus Christ is the foundation. Is the chief cornerstone. So if we have to build, we have to build on Jesus Christ. Because he said, I will build my church. And he come in the book of Ephesians, he's calling you and me to build his church. So you cannot build. And removing him from the equation of building. Today we are removing Christ. We want to have a church, a place of a show. A place of entertainment. A place whereby the word has not been given a priority. Entertainment. When preaching begins, people begin to slumber. Because they knew when we go to church, we have to dance. And after dancing, we sleep. You see, other places, far, not here. You see, even the, the choir. After they dance, they sweat so much. Time of preaching, they go out there. Like a soccer player. He has finished to play his turn. He said, me, I'm done. They go out there, they stand. The whole service is finishing, they are talking. When they hear the pastor slowing down the voice, they jump, they come back. They come now to slow down the people. And the pastor, they are happy. They say, no, at least people can sing in the church. Entertainment. Which church is Jesus coming to take? Hallelujah. For one can lay in, so for no one, 
No one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 12. Anyone who builds, this is you and me, anyone who builds on that foundation, what that foundation is, talk to me, what the foundation? Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of material. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But, but, on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burnt up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Hallelujah. Let each one be careful how he's building. Can we be on our feet right now? We are called to build the church. Called to build the church. It is a calling, my brother, it's a calling, my sister. Every time, even those who are online, every time you go to your church and your pastor or your apostle is teaching you, you might just know that you are receiving equipment. You have been equipped to sit. You are equipped to do his work. And his work is to build the church. And tomorrow by God's grace we will touch more practical how do you find yourself in building the church. Hallelujah. So I want you to pray tonight. Say, Father, I come to hear that I need to walk in the manner that of worthy of my calling. For I've been called by God. And every time I get equipped, even through the Holy Spirit, to do your work, which is to build the church. And yet you say, I must be very careful how I build. Because the foundation should be Jesus. So whatever we do, it should not be about promoting ourselves. It should not be about our personal gain. When we start doing things for ourselves, it means what? We have removed the foundation. And I thought Paul said, be careful. We have no any other foundation than the one we already have. And that foundation is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Lift your voice and pray. Father God of heaven, Lord, as I pray tonight, I have a calling. Father, it's not about the title. I have a calling. And this calling, my Father, you have called me. You have called me, oh Lord, Father, to build the church. But Lord, to be very careful, for there is no any other foundation than Jesus Christ. Father, the Bible says we have to be careful how we build. We have to be careful how we build. We have to be careful how we build. 
Father, in the name of Jesus. For everyone's work will be tested. Everyone's work will be tested. Oh Lord, Father, my work will be tested. Father, let me not remove Christ, who is the foundation. Father, Lord, let me not remove Christ, who is the foundation. Let me not remove Christ, who is the foundation. Father, I have a calling. I have a calling. I've been equipped on my father. I've been equipped on my father to do the work. I've been equipped on my father to do the work. I've been equipped on my father to do your work, O Lord. To do your work, O Lord. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Help me. Help me, my Father. As I've been called, Jehovah God, to build a church of God, which is the body of Christ. Not my will, but your will. Not my own, but your own will to be done. Father, Lord, as I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord Almighty, I pray in the name of Jesus.